The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Well, I want to start this morning with a confession. I used to hate musicals. I was really even a musical hater, you may say, and an apologist for this particular viewpoint. A part of this, I think, it seems to me that musicals leave few people in kind of the neutral zone. You either love them or you hate them and hate them. I did, passionately. But this all did change for me one fateful Christmas Eve, along with the fact that my wife and daughter are constantly singing when I returned home from visiting relatives to find on PBS the musical classic, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> seen it, some of you. A characteristically simple story about, you guessed it, seven brothers who are unkempt wood woodsmen who get civilized real quick by their eldest brother's marriage. It's filled with wildly bearded manly men, chopping trees, hewing logs, raising barns, throwing fists and axes. And it all culminates in what you'd expect from the title, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. In a word, it is a delight. I don't mind confessing that now. But one thing that aided my musical conversion is that I began to realize that they frequently contained pithy, practical truths about life that, like a lot of moral stories and fables, and even in a more sacred way, the hymns of our faith, an example of which we sang today, helped to solidify core truths in viewers' or listeners' minds by putting things to song. For instance, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down is a good reminder that finding something enjoyable in a tough task makes that task easier. What do you get with a glut of TV, a pain in the neck, and an IQ of three? Is a good reminder that if you rot out your eyes with screens all the day, you may spend less time with things that actually make you smarter. And finally, when the dog bites, and when the bee stings, and when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things. And then, I don't feel so bad. Reminds us this, that to put it one way, when trouble comes, reflecting on what you do have versus what you don't can be life-changing. I've actually been thinking a lot recently about gratitude, and I was reflecting that this final little ditty is actually closely connected to really what it means to be grateful. And recently, a grad of ours, Tim Buffard, encouraged some current students at Cairn who were entering the ministry to be pastors and teachers uh, he encouraged them to remind people of truths that they already know. So I hope to do just that this morning, to remind you of something that I really think you already know, but we need to be reminded of, that the Christian life is one that ought to be marked by and lived under a spirit of gratitude. Well, first, let me explain why are you hearing about this in a chapel meant to center some thoughts on alumni relations from the person, me, who directs alumni relations. Well, Today, seniors, I don't know if you know, if there are seniors here, it's February 18th, and in just two months and a couple of weeks, you will be graduating. Not that you're counting these days, I'm not saying that, but you will be soon. And for the rest of you, you just have to do a little math and you'll see how long till you come to that day on the very near horizon. And at each graduation, we host a brunch for the undergraduate students after the graduation practice. And it's at that celebration that you receive the ceremonial alumni relations mug. 
Inside those mugs is a card explaining some of the benefits of being an alum, as well as some of the things that we ask you to do, which help to explain a little bit more of what does it mean to be an alum, what does it mean to be a graduate. So I'd like to give you a little preview of that now. <clears throat> you see the mug up there. Depending on how much you paid for tuition, perhaps the world's most expensive mug, because the only way you get it is by graduating from Cairn. But nevertheless, they are highly sought after. Pens are not included. I'm happy to throw those in, though. That just happened to be in the photo, the, the pens there. But let me just run through the things that we ask you to do, and those things are on the card. First is to update your information. Of course, we have a website devoted to alumni, but we need to know where you are. We want to know where we are so we can communicate with you and to, oh, that's back. There we go. Uh, okay. We send out a, a magazine. We don't know where to send that unless we know where you are. That's why you have to update your information. Uh, we also send alumni emails on a monthly basis to keep you informed. Okay, so we already went through update your information, read Karen Magazine. We want to know if you have accomplished something, if you've won an award, if some life event has happened, like you got married or you had a baby. We'd love to have you share those with us. We'd love to put those photos in the magazines. We'd love to send out cute little baby socks to alumni who've had babies. We really do, actually. That happens. Volunteer Karen, you've seen alumni all around, you've seen them speaking in chapel, you've seen them in classes. There are many opportunities for you to participate. We ask you to donate to the Karen Fund. The Karen Fund is that fund which provides scholarship money, and so if you're getting a scholarship, the money from that is funded in large part by alumni who give. So just as you receive that, we ask you when you graduate to do the same for future students. We ask you to participate in Karen's social media, that's probably an easy one for you, you're already doing that significantly. We ask you to recommend Cairn to a student. In all your circles of influence, when someone's interested in attending a college or university, we ask you to ask them to check out your alma mater, Cairn. We'd love to have you come back at least once a year to attend Homecoming, one of our largest events on campus, uh, as well as another event annually. So it's kind of a plus one model there, Homecoming plus one more. Uh, opportunities for other degrees, we ask you to consider that as well. And then lastly, but by far not the least, is truly to pray for Karen University, to pray for your alma mater. So those are some of the things, and we'll, I'll review those with you when you graduate, when you receive your mug, and we hope that you're excited to do that because it's a really, obviously, significant accomplishment. So then what does gratitude have to do with this concept of alumni relations as being an alum of Cairn? Well, I want to add one more to that list, so this will be number 11, and that is be grateful for everything. But we'll return to that in just a second. Why is it so hard for us to be grateful today? Well, I'd submit to you the world does not like us to be grateful, even though they say they do. Because if we are ungrateful, we crave more all the time. So we must buy more and covet more and be constantly ingesting more because what we have is never enough. Our culture is a culture of more, and this insatiable appetite helps to run a commercial machine which, though not entirely evil, still thrives on our desire for not only more, but often for excess. And I think there's another reason and it is that we have so very much. So there's this potent recipe here for a lack of gratitude. We have so very much, and yet we are constantly wanting more. Have you ever felt that? 
you can see how this would lead to dissatisfaction. I also sometimes think, and I suppose this could be challenged, but that those who live with less in cultures where they barely enjoy the daily necessities of life are better off, at least in this respect. I sometimes wonder, too, if our brothers and sisters in Christ who see the gospel thriving in their countries by the grace of God are blessed with that growth because the gospel may be close to quite literally all that they have. There are no distractions from that one thing which is really the only thing and surely the main thing in their circumstances. For an example, consider the account read by Dean Priscilla of Paul and Silas in prison. This is why I asked him to read this. In this familiar text, we see both Silas and Paul with nothing in prison, and their hearts are filled with joy to the point where they sing songs of thanksgiving, which is a true evidence of gratitude. Now, lest we be tempted to envy our brothers and sisters who are in these more challenging circumstances, we ought to remember, of course, that God is sovereign and places his children in the exact place they need to be in, even though that's hard to understand when we see experiences ranging from extreme suffering to the tyranny of the ordinary, something probably far more closer to our own experience, which presents its own unique set of challenges. Now, while much more could be said on all these subjects, let me suggest three very basic ways that you and I can both grow in gratitude, I'd submit to you. First, read and listen to great Christian writers who address the subject of a selfless and grateful life. I recall one of Jonathan Edwards' famous resolutions on life, in which he said every time he experienced physical pain, he would recall the pains of those who died in martyrdom, and he would recall the reality of hell, and by implication, how he was saved from it. So how much less is that which we have to endure in this life versus the eternal suffering we have been saved out of? Are you not grateful for this? Secondly, season our own speech with gratitude. I know this is hard, but just do it. Make your own set of resolutions like Edwards and make one of them to season your speech with thankfulness. And truthfully, here is where you and I might take a cue even from Maria in The Sound of Music. Indeed, when the dog bites and the bee stings, or your financial aid didn't come through exactly as you'd like, or your roommate keeps you up at night, mm. <laughs> or your car breaks again, and it's already broken and has been broken, or your relationships disappoint you, or a paper that you took hours and hours on comes back with a C. Now when all these things happen, remember what you have been given. And so much more in Christ, we've not just been given homes to live in, clothes to wear, cars to drive, arguably more freedom than any other country or people group in history. But above all of this, above all, for those who have trusted in him, we have Christ who does not count our filthy rags and unrighteousness against us. So 
It's easy to see, as the old hymn says, the things of this earth will go, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thirdly, read scripture with an eye toward gratitude. As you see the narrative of scripture unfold, see how much more pleasing to God is gratitude than grumbling. And pattern your own behavior off those who lived gratefully. Especially, note the life of our Lord Jesus, which is characterized literally by not one single word of complaint. But on numerous occasions, he instead give th gives thanks to God the Father. Now, if any man had a road that would seem to sap a human of gratitude, it was his. And yet he did the exact opposite. For even as he hung on the cross, dying for undeserving sinners, he looked at his executioners and called out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Well, I told you this would have something to do with alumni relations. Well, here it is. It's pretty simple. I'd encourage you to be a grateful alum. The happiest alumni are. Last week, you heard from one such alum. I listened to the podcast. Al Rossi, he exhorted you actually in a very similar vein here, not to pray for deliverance from hardship per se, but to see what God is doing in you through these circumstances, which is very closely linked to the concept of gratitude. But you can start this today and practice because one day anyway, you too will be an alum. And you see, what we ask of you now as students, we will ask of you as alumni too. So take a look around you. Be grateful that you have professors who care deeply for you and have committed to your education, even when they could be in other places if they wanted. Be grateful that you have a staff that loves you, literally, yes, loves you and supports you. Be grateful that you have a campus that's really quite lovely and a cafeteria that honestly, compared with what I experienced, what I experienced as a student, makes Todd Gurry look like Guy Fieri of the famed show Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Okay, Todd. But what's more, you have each other. Fellow students, a part of the mission of Cairn, supporting each other, and building a true community. And for the record, we are very grateful for you, our students. And also, we're grateful for our alumni because how we serve you as students is how we will serve you as alumni. We endeavor that our care and concern will not end when you graduate, but will go with you for the rest of your life for 1, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and more after you graduate. Speaking of 50 years, this fall, you may remember, the class of 1968, who actually did graduate 50 years ago, had a reunion for which they were very, very grateful. As an expression of thanks for their time as students, they raised the funds to donate this pulpit. And we just recently finished inscribing the plaque which will be on the pulpit, which I'm sure they'll be very excited at homecoming to return and to read. The plaque says, 
May this pulpit be a long-standing reminder that Christ and his word are at the center of Cairn University. It is our desire that this gift will encourage other alumni to continue to engage with the university and its students, who we hope will be as deeply impacted by a biblical education as we were 50 years ago. 50 years from your graduation, I hope that your heart is filled with gratitude for your time here and that you do come back to celebrate. And I also hope that if you're a musical hater like I was, maybe you too will reconsider your stubborn, cold, stick-in-the-mud ways as I did. Start with seven brides for seven brothers. There's lots of acrobatics and all that. It helps a lot. But, you know, far beyond musicals and gratitude for Cairn and professors and a rich education and class gifts, the real question is this. Will we be like Paul and Silas, who after being mocked by a crowd and stripped naked and beaten and flogged and thrown into the inner cell of a dark prison, put in stocks and carefully watched by a jailer who I imagine, at least initially, was rather intimidating, will we be then up at midnight praying and singing hymns of praise and thanksgiving to God. How transformed will your life and mine be when we walk out of chapel today if we can be grateful for whatever circumstance awaits us because we have Christ. As Christians, we ought to do no less, so we ought to start right now being known to a watching world in need of a savior as a people who are known for gratitude. I want to close this morning with a prayer, which is a printed prayer. I mentioned Jonathan Edwards going all the way back to the Puritans, and this is a very, very old Puritan prayer, which details a variety of things for which, as believers, we can be very grateful. So let's close with this. Would you pray with me? O oh my God, I bless thee for the soul thou hast created, for adorning it, sanctifying it, though it is fixed in barren soil, for the body thou hast given me, for preserving its strength and vigor, for providing senses to enjoy delights, for the ease and freedom of my limbs, for hands, eyes, ears that do thy bidding for thy royal bounty providing my daily support, for a full table and overflowing cup, for appetite, taste, sweetness, for social joys of relatives and friends, for ability to serve others, for a heart that feels sorrows and necessities, for a mind to care for my fellow men, for opportunities of spreading happiness around, for loved ones in the joys of heaven, for my own expectation of seeing thee clearly. I love thee above the power of language to express. In response, in love, O oh my God, through time and eternity, we bless thee. Amen.
Have a great day.